Y'all feel free to sing along with the words.
All right, at this, at this time, we're going to sing our praise score, so if everybody stand up and uh, follow along with the words on the screen.
worship you, God. I just want you to remember all the prayer requests I've been missing this morning, God. I just put your healing hand upon all of those, God, and all the unspoken, God, God. Just thank you for another day of life, God. Forgive us of all our many sons. Especially thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Lee and Caleb, and I appreciate everyone for just singing, worshiping the Lord Christ alone. And I hope and pray this morning that, number one, you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you picked up a bulletin, you already know where we're headed in God's holy word. Uh, We are on the second word of words to live by. I want to say this emphatically, especially in today's day and age and culture that we live in. Trey and I have been called by God not to contend for your happiness. We are called by God to contend for your holiness. Life is not about making us happy. Church is not about making us happy. It's about making us holy. As God's Word says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Holiness. This is something that a lot of times we circumvent. We go around this. We, we try to avoid this aspect of Christian living. Living a holy life does not mean coming out of the world. It just means don't be a part of the world. It doesn't mean you cannot live in the world, but not to be of the world. I can be there and I can be a light in a dark place, and you can too. To live a holy life, it is not an, uh, it's not an option. It's a command. It's, it's, God's Word doesn't play around with this subject. It's a command by God, and it's a difficult calling. It's a difficult commandment. Holiness is not easy. We have several strikes against us. Number one, you and I may be saved, but we're still living in a sinful body and in a sinful world. We have a struggle. Even Paul, the great apostle, said, the things that I want to do, I do not. And the things I don't want to do, I do. He said, O wretched man that I am. O wretched man that I am. The Apostle Paul, even in that body, struggled with sin. I think most of our time, the sin in this room is the sin of pride. It's the sin of uh, not doing what we know we should do. Most of the time we sin in our heart. Uh, we sin, we sin with our thought life and we sin with our mouth. And that's it. We, you know, the words we say can, we can, we can, I mean, we can tear down more with our words than we ever could with our hands. And so many times, uh, you and I have to realize that. And so, as we look to His Holy Word, uh, just reading two verses of Scripture, this morning and thinking about what a what a powerful passage that we have before us in the book of first peter chapter one 
And we'll begin with verse 14. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 14, just reading two verses. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. I know you've been up and down, but this will keep you awake at least. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust and your ignorance, but as He which hath called you as holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Father, Bless the reading of your holy word. Bless the service this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Being holy. And, and <clears throat> matter of fact, Brother Trey and I talked about that. We look at the ministries that we have. Uh, of course, as serious, it's serious. This world that we live in, uh, we live in a world where right is wrong and wrong is right. Uh, and this idea of holiness is, is, not, is not something that's popular. Because holiness means that I'm, I'm going to take a stand. Holiness means I'm going to separate. Holiness means that uh, I'm not, you know, so many of us, uh, we struggle with that balance. We want friends. We want to be friendly and you know, but whenever the the dirty jokes and the gossip and the and the the uplifting of of a uh, of promise promiscuous lifestyle, uh, sleeping around together, uh, cussing, telling dirty jokes at work, and sometimes we not only join in but laugh along, go along, and maybe even instigate ourselves. And uh, start out in influence, and instead of influencing others for positive things, we just go along. We don't. We're not salt and light. Salt separates. Salt preserves. And certainly, we need to preserve the truth of God's holy word. It's simple as that. It's everyday living. Holiness is everyday living. And in our text it shows here. It is a command. And we're going to take a quick peek at these again. This command in our text, uh, back in uh, verse 15, it says this, But as he which hath called you as holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Verse 16 says, But it, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And so <clears throat> we're just going to uh, take a look at some of these right here. And, you know, why should we be holy? Uh, even verse 17 says, If you call on the Father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, past the time of your sojourning means living here in fear. And we'll pick it up with verse 18 in just a second. I call it, you know, our, it's a command, uh, the text. But before we finish up First Peter here, let's back up to a great passage, First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 7. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 7. Well, uh, getting warmed up here. Even though that AC is running, y'all, I may be cold. I'm about eight feet above you here on this stage. Um, there was a preacher preaching on uh, holiness, 
I was looking at different commentators, different subjects going along here. And he was preaching out of this passage right here. And if you, whether you have your Bibles open or whether you're looking along on both, uh, if you look at verses 1 through 6, and we're going to pick it up in verse 7. But if you look at verses 1 through 6, this church at Thessalonica was struggling. <clears throat> Matter of fact, uh, one preacher put it this way. He said, trying to live a holy life in an X-rated world. We live, we live in that world. We do. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a world that with easy access to unholy things. That's the world we live in. It's just, it's, it's, we, we can't pretend. You can duck your head in the sand all day long. But it says, uh, back up to verse 3, it says, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. That's a long, as uh, <clears throat> my preacher friend says, that's one of them eight-cylinder words. That's one of them eight-cylinder words. Sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Verse 4, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel, your life, yourself, in sanctification and honor. Okay? Not in the lust of concupiscence. If you have a King James Bible, it just means anything that you should not desire. Illicit desire, illicit uh, uh, lust here, anything that's forbidden, even as the Gentiles, which know not God. And uh, then let's skip back down to verse 7. For God hath not called us to uncleanness, but to holiness. Now, so that tells me this is a command. This is, so why should I be holy? Brother Michael, you're asking too much. Brother Michael, you're asking me to, to live a what kind of life? A holy life? And this is not superficial. This is not on a whim. And Brother Michael's not making this up because this is a command from God's holy word. And then it says, listen, I mean, if we if we act that way, you can't do that. There's no way nobody gets married anymore without uh, uh, taking a test drive. That's what that's the way it was when I was growing up. I got a hard time at work and they found out that I'd. Not slept around, not been with any other women besides my wife. You know, you're not going to go for a test drive. But see, that's that even in the 80s. That was it. It doesn't matter what year. You pick any decade. That's the same thing. The, to, to try to live a separate life, to try to live a holy life. And here it says, if you choose that lifestyle, verse 8, He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man... You're saying no to God, but to God who hath also given us his Holy Spirit. In other words, you're not, if you go against this, you're not, you're just not despising. This is not a man-made commandment. This is not a man-made order. This is, you're despising God when you say, well, you can't do it, or I, I won't do it, or no, I'm going to, I'm not going to live that kind of life. But folks, we're called to be holy. Now think about this. Number one, if I were to just say, God's Word says we need to live a holy life, that should be the end of it. That should just be the, that should be, but did you know God even put a little more extra in there? Now go back to 1 Peter. We should live holy life, not only because it's a commandment, but also because of the price. The price in God's Word. Think about this. In the same context... 
in the same content, which means in the same paragraph, in the same chapter, God says to live a holy life. And then he says, consider this. Look at verse 18. I'm in 1 Peter 1, 18. <clears throat> that may be a bad contrast, and that may, that's my fault. But anyway, on the uh, screen there. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed. Notice that it says for as much. Be holy, be separate, come on, live a holy life, live for God, take a stand for right and wrong. Why? Well, not only because I asked you to, but for as much did you know that when you got saved, you were not redeemed with corruptible things. God didn't purchase you. God did not save you with, he didn't shell out some money to save you. What did he shell out? He didn't do it with as from your vain conversation. That means empty living received by tradition of your fathers. Verse 19, what did God shell out? What did God give to purchase your life? What did God do for you so that you could have a home in heaven? He redeemed you, amen, with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. So, folks, our redemption, he's not calling us to be separate because... It's a whim. It's something that's optional. But he purchased you with his very blood. It's a high cost in this redemption plan. And so just amazing uh, what he has done in looking at this. If we keep reading, verse 20 says, Who verily, truly, was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Now, let's move on to the next one real quick. What does holiness do? What does holiness do? Does it make you better than others? Well, no, no. Think about this. Now, I've heard this, and I think every Christian has heard this. Well, you you think you're better than everybody else because you go to church. No. Matter of fact, I, we should want and desire and bring to church people that if you're... It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter your marital situation. We want you to come hear the, the, the Word of God, the truth of His Word. And it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter what you've done. And to bring, matter of fact, Jesus was known for hanging around people who is just, I just say, redneck, everyday, ordinary country folks at sinners. Sinners. Matter of fact, Jesus, the uppity class around Jesus' time said it this way. Well, why is he hanging around the publicans and the uh, sinners and prostitutes? What's he doing? You know what Jesus said? He said, well, y'all think y'all don't need any help. These people admit they need me. He said, I didn't come to save the whole. I came to save the sick. And they know they need a Savior. They know they need something because they're struggling. And they know they need a Savior. And that's who Jesus came to hang around. It doesn't mean that somebody that's uppity or something that doesn't need Jesus. It means most of the time they don't think they need Jesus. They don't think they, I don't need anything. 
So I'm fine. That's why the Pharisees and the scribes, we all need Jesus. So it doesn't, holiness does not, does not make you better than anybody. We are no better than anybody here in Ashley County. Nobody. And if we do that, then you're self-righteousness, self-conceit, desire. And you say, well, I know because they made a bunch of mistakes. Well, you're comparing yourself horizontally. You need to look up and compare yourself vertically to the Savior. And we all fall short then. I mean, you go to comparing yourself horizontally to somebody else here in Ashley County. Yeah, you can make yourself look better than anybody. And we can all rationalize and justify our lives. But folks, we need to look to Jesus. And that's where we all fall short. That's why we need a Savior. And we're not called to live a holy life trying to impress people. We're trying to live a holy life because of who saved us. And He saved us. So holiness, it should lead to obedience and uh here in verse 22 it says seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren see that you love one another with a pure heart so holiness what does holiness do it doesn't make me better than anybody else but it leads to obedience and obedience leads to holiness and according to this right here if you live a holy life it means you're trying to live like jesus lived live for him and guess what jesus loved people And so if you don't love people, you're not living a holy life. You ought to love one another, care for one another. That's a reflection of holiness. It's right there in verse 22. You see it? It's right there in black and white in my Bible. And then notice it says unfeigned love. You can fake love. you You can fool everybody, but you sure can't fool God. And so it's a not fake love. You can fake it and put on a smile on a Sunday morning, but the truth comes out. Do you have a real love for other people or is it a fake love? That's what it's talking about in verse 22. It leads to love for others. And then back in this little section here, man, there's three passages. And if you this afternoon could just read 1 Peter 1. And 1 Thessalonians 4, in a minute, Second Timothy 2. If you just read those three chapters, take you all of seven or eight minutes to read this, this afternoon. It's, it just hit home. Back in 1 Thessalonians uh, 4, verse 9, still the subject matter is holiness, living a holy life. It says this, but as touching brotherly love, You need not that I write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to what? Love one another. Amen. And that's a natural. I mean, it just comes out. I mean, it's kind of like I've I've used this illustration before. You take a tube of toothpaste and squeeze it. What comes out? (laughs) Toothpaste. Well, here's a more accurate answer. What comes out is whatever's on the inside means this, when you get squeezed in your life and the pressure's on, people want to see what you're really made out of, when the pressure's on in life and you get squeezed by the world, Satan or sin, whatever's on the inside will come out. You ever thought about that? And if you love the Lord, that'll, that'll come out. If it's there, if it's on the inside, when you get squeezed, 
whatever's on the inside will come out. I get amazed. We've had, uh, matter of fact, I think it was this past year. Did we have the big muscle guy this past year in Upward? Was it him? He took a, a Coke can. And we've had some fantastic speakers at our Upward Celebration closing. And he took us one of these big muscle-bound dudes, and this fellow held all these world records. I, didn't, I, you know, I wasn't really wasn't sure about everything he was saying. Has he really done all that? And I YouTubed it, and I saw him lifting stuff that was big as this church, you know. And I was just getting imagine. He took a can, he just squeezed it, and it blew up. Well, I guarantee you, whatever's on, I can't do that to this can. Sure, I don't even think I can do it in Coke can. Just give me a, just give me a styrofoam cup, and you'll see me in action. Okay. <laughs> And uh, I can handle that one right there. But, uh, but you know, if, I, if you could squeeze this hard enough, if you could squeeze this hard enough, whatever's on the inside will come out. What about your life? Holiness. That's all he's asking. That's all. It's not Brother Michael asking. It's the Lord asking here. And so this also leads to our usefulness. This is really cool. Back up to verse 2. I'm still in 1 Thessalonians 4. Verse 2, for you know what commandment we gave you to the Lord, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Verse 4, that everyone of you should know how to possess his vessel. Did you know all of you are a vessel? A vessel. And uh, how are you going to be used of God? Our desire... If we're to be, if we're saved, should be to live differently. Everybody, now this is the last scripture that we're going to. Y'all are doing awesome this morning. Second Timothy chapter two and verse nineteen. <clears throat> uh, thought I had one up here, and. Uh, but nevertheless, left it sitting somewhere. <laughs> A vessel. Look at 2.19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of the Christ depart from iniquity. Basically, country boy language, what is this verse saying? God knows if you're saved and you should know if you're saved. The Bible does say you can know. You can know if you're saved. And then it, he says, depart from iniquity. Live, don't sin. Try, and it doesn't mean, he's not asking any of us to be perfect. Just say, I don't need to do this. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do, I need, I'm called to live separately. And then if you look on, verse 20. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood, earth, some to honor, some to dishonor. Some of y'all have some of the prettiest furniture in your house. And do any of y'all have that furniture or those towels that you're not supposed to touch? You know, you go into a bathroom and uh, you go to dry your hands. No, 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 don't use those. Those are just for prettiness. You know, or, or a chair. That's so, it looks antique. Don't sit in that one. It's an antique. It's just for looks. You know, a chair that you can't sit in, to me, I'm a, you know, I'm a guy. 
just let's put give it to the Smithsonian if you're not going to sit in it. I know. Do something else with it if you're not going to sit in it. And the towels, just sell them on eBay if you're not going to dry your hands off. Well, do something else. I mean, use it. And so you got that stuff that says gold and honor. I want to be something. And then there's things in the house that you really don't want to think about. And uh, there's some vessels that are, it says honor, dishonor, you know. Um, one preacher is preaching, use this, I don't think I'd go this far, but he, he, he actually un- had a sheet up on the stage and he uncovered it. It was a toilet. That's a vessel. It's in a house, every house it used to be not in the house, it used to be outside the house. And, but it, you think of that and you think of, you know, waste, you think of uh, uncleanness, so on and so forth. But all of us in this room, and what I was intending on bringing, I left, I think of myself as my vessel, as I'm a Walmart grocery bag. And I think a lot of us are. Walmart grocery bag can bring in some good stuff. Good stuff to your house. But when you're done with it, it can be used in a waste paper basket, a trash can. Yeah, we have a choice. Did you know? So according to this, how you use your vessel can be useful or wasteful. How you use your vessel, you can bring good stuff to people. Or you can just sit around and go with the flow and let people put stuff in your life that shouldn't be there. It is, in other words, it's up to you. This whole message this morning, this whole message has been about being a, living a holy life. And it is a commandment. And we've been bought with a price. And we should live for Him. And it's a great thing to live a holy life. In other words, I, I don't believe that... And we say, well, Brother Michael, everybody's doing it. Well, until everybody in this room is doing it, not everybody's doing it. So we can't use that excuse. We don't, we're not to call to live like the world lives. And we don't base our morality and our decision making of what's right and wrong on what people say, but rather what God says. That's what's important. That's what's our foundation is what is right and what is wrong honor or dishonor that is a choice as we get ready for a hymn invitation let's pray father as we bow our heads together and just look to your holy word and say Am I living a holy life? And it doesn't mean, it does not mean a perfect life. It just means I'm trying to live a separate life pleasing to you, obeying your word, trying to make a difference, not living according to the desires of our flesh but living according to the commandments of Your Holy Word. Father, 
We need you now more than ever. It's tough. It's tough for our young people. It's tough for even the parents here. They're trying to set the right example before their children. To be that example, to have that talk with them, and to communicate well. Father, help us to choose you and to give our life to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.